We are voices shouting from the wilderness. We are encouraging men to pursue God's gold standard in manhood, masculinity, and leadership so that our marriages, families, communities, and the marketplaces we represent become what they're supposed to be. This is the Man Up Movement Podcast. back in the business of moving men towards guys gold standard yes sir we took a took a week break let y'all enjoy the the festivities the fourth the mm-hmm. fireworks the the barbecue the cue but then i said to myself 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 so, said hmm i said hey it's time to get back on the grind yes sir yeah yes man, sir. we moving men time to move men and a lot has happened Matter of fact, before we even tell them what happened, let's tell them who we are. Okay. I Well, I was assuming that they've been listening and they already know who we are, but that was kind of probably my ego because I, I, I want to be known. No, I was playing. Um, what's up? <laughs> this is Lazarus Bruner Jr., your founder of the Man Up Movement podcast. This is your co-founder, co-host, Torrance R. Simmons. Yes, and we are the dynamic duo that's bringing you this podcast. And um, man, we've been excited. We've been journeying through a lot. If you had, if this is your first episode, please go back and check out our values uh, podcast because we uh, founded our val- our company on seven values, and they are critical to not only our business decisions that we make but also our personal lives right and we have plenty of stories of how those those values came into play in our own personal lives Mm. Mm. i'm Mm. telling you man this ain't just about entertainment right here this isn't about us just just talking about stuff this is our real lives being communicated to you through these values through the movement and it's all about, you know, uh, uh, elevating manhood, masculinity, and our ability to lead in the various areas of our lives. Yes, sir. We, uh, we definitely want to do the masculinity. We don't want people to be under or hyper. No. Um, I can't ever think of the opposite of hyper. What's it's, uh, um, I just, effeminate. Okay. I'm not going to try to pretend to say effeminate. Effeminate. Okay, well, we'll go with that. Effeminate or hyper masculine. You know, want to be, you or know, passive. We'll go with yeah, passive. Yeah. We we we're not trying to have people out here passive in their masculinity. Yeah. Um, but in the in the right area, you can too much of anything is dangerous. So yep. hyper masculinity is very dangerous, not mm. only to yourself but people surrounding you, right. your children, your your spouse, uh, your your brothers sisters your community your mm-hmm. your marketplace very dangerous so that's that's one thing we want to encourage is the right amount of masculinity yeah um in this so in today's topic uh good things versus god things man that one letter that o oh no one we sometimes isn't that what we do we add add extra Stuff to what God has already told us. Yep. Do. Yeah. And it don't went from God to good. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. It went from perfect to just good. Just good. 
even if you look at good, good is at the bottom. It's good, better, better and then best. best. Mm. Man, we're going to talk about that right there. Look good, though. Yeah, yeah, man. Like, so we're going we gonna to come in uh, with some things. It, I, I really have a lot, like I always do. Man, when you going to start having stuff happen in your life that you talk about? <laughs> I'm tired of spilling my garbage all on on the internet airways and stuff. Man, I tell my stuff. <laughs> People know about the, the, the three cuts and, yeah. and the dark thoughts and the, the therapy visits. Yeah. And, yeah. We all have them. Yeah. We all have them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. So let's jump right into good things versus God things. So we're going to hit it from our, our normal uh, family, community, and marketplace. So, you know, ain't, ain't nothing to do but to do it so we kicking this thing off good things versus god things and and, uh what basically the premise of this is you know a lot of times we can get caught up in doing a lot of uh, a lot of things a lot of busy things uh like providing going to work providing for our family going to work uh those kind of things but i ran across a verse that really challenged me uh in this and and I want to share it with you guys. Um, it actually is a couple of verses. So it's First uh, Timothy chapter four, uh, verses eight, nine, and uh, ten, I believe. Yes. So uh, cha- uh, verse eight says, "For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come." This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. This is why we labor and strive because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the savior of all people and especially of those who believe. So the premise is, uh, you know, you can take physical training, you can take that out and put a blank there. And you can say for working to provide for my family is a good thing for working out is a good thing for, you know, increasing, uh, uh, um, financial equality is a good thing, right? Those are things that really bring promise and can bring hope to people's lives. But is it a, a, a thing that could add to someone's eternal destination? Yeah. Though that's what make that's when it changes the game and turns into a God thing. Right. So we get so busy. We were talking uh, prior to to going live. We get so caught up on working on the good things on the checklists on the, you know, I got to make a list and I got to do everything exact. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, these are the good things. Um, you know, if I do a bad thing, I need to do two or three more good things or, and we oftentimes leave or forget about God. Right. Right. So what is kind of what is our purpose of doing these good things? Right. Not only are they good, but they're godly. Right. You know, like you said, providing for your family, that is a good thing. Mm-hmm. That's also a godly thing, like being a, a good husband. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing, but it's also a godly thing because he said you should love your wife as you love as Christ loved the church. As Christ loved the church. Right. And the the good thing is now your spouse has somebody who loves them, you know, cherish them, 
wants only the best for them. But here's here's kind of the the bigger picture of that. Mm-hmm. If you have children, mm-hmm. they now get to see what a man should be. So for anybody with daughters, they have an example mm-hmm. of what a good man, mm-hmm. a godly man, right should look like mm-hmm. so when they go out into the world and start dating mm-hmm. they have a, a measure to go by right. if you have uh, boys in the house they see what the godly a good man how to treat their wife how to treat their children because you're doing a good thing mm-hmm. that's of god mm-hmm. now they know they have an example of how i should act as a man right and and, and and here's a here's a slight little twist I'm going to add to what you were saying. Go ahead. Because in my mind, when I came into marriage, I'm like, I want to be a good husband. I want to be a good father. Right. And so it's a, when you think about good, being a good husband, you think about, hey, I'm going to treat my, my wife right. I want to respect her. I want to, you know, you know, make her happy. And I, I want to do the things that, that make her feel, you know, valued and stuff. But what happens when, uh, say, for instance, you guys are making a financial decision Uh-oh. and and she has one point of view that may not be biblical, uh, rooted in, in, in being a good steward of finances. And you have one and you guys got to make a decision. A good husband would say, well, I guess it won't hurt just this one time. A godly husband would say, well, based on our this biblical principles that we went over in Financial Peace University, right? this is not a wise financial decision. So even though I know you really want that, we're not going to be able to do it at this time. Right. Even though that may hurt our feelings or whatever, or vice versa, because my wife had to tell me that. But but we're talking about from the uh, perspective of a godly, a good husband versus, versus a godly, godly husband. husband. Yes. You know, a, a, a good a good father would say, hey, you know, I want my kids to have fun. I want them to be involved in all these activities and I'm going to be there and, and do all these things. Or, hey, I'm working. I'm working to make sure that you're able to. And I heard this. I heard a guy say this. He was talking to his daughter, uh, little kid on FaceTime. He's like, you miss daddy. You miss daddy. He was like, uh, and the kid didn't say nothing. <laughs> and he was like, well, daddy is, is, is working hard so that you can have fun. And I thought about that. And it sounds like that's what a good father would do. Right. It's not necessarily what a godly father would do. Not to say that we can't be away from our kids and there may be seasons where we. Right. But that's not the, the lifestyle. That's not the justification I'm using for knowing that I'm, I've been going too long. Right. And my family needs me at, at, at home. And uh, that's the difference between the good yep. and, and godly. And truly, the world will show you good. But it is definitely a, 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 competitor, a competitor against God's best. Yes. Yes, definitely. Um, I totally agree. One hundred percent. You turned it up a notch. Yes. On myth. But no, I love it. Um, another thing. uh when we were talking about it, there was this uh, story of a a man that treated his wife pretty much like trash. Right. Mm. Um, And he, he was bragging to his friends. I can get her to do any and everything. So he invited his friends over to the, to the house unannounced 
got there and told his wife, hey, fix fix these guys something to eat and all this and that. She did it without without question, smile on her face, uh, prepared everything and and laid it out. And, you know, everybody else was kind of getting uncomfortable how he was treating his wife. Mm. And um, after they left, he kind of saw that and he asked, you know, I brought all these people over unannounced and made all these demands of you and you did it without a problem. Why did you do it? And she was like, I know my savior and I I have hopes of where I'm going and I kind of got an idea where you're going. So I'm trying to give you as much peace mm. as possible. Wow. Yeah, that's huge. You know, so we we. He was looking at her as I got a good thing because she'll do anything Whatever. that I want. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm the king. I'm the da 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 da. Right, I'm the king of this castle mm-hmm. and this and that. And you know, she was doing a godly thing of giving him peace. Right. But here's my question: He mu- he had good friends. They didn't have godly friends. No. Cause godly a godly brother would be like, "Hey man, uh, nah, dog, I'm good. Uh, sorry, Miss So and So, you don't have to do that for us. Matter of fact, we about to leave, man. Why you about to leave? Cause dude, we don't, we don't, we don't do that. We don't do that, man. Right? Yeah, that's not what the you know. And so, hey, good friends. And and the more we we paint this out, the bigger the divide is between how we used to think as far as what good things were and right. the 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 goal was to be good. But I, now this godly thing is, is is huge now. Right, right. So it it definitely makes a, a difference. So what we want people to understand in talking about this, especially from the family perspective, are you doing good things mm-hmm. or are you doing godly things? Right. And they could look very similar, but what is what is your purpose behind it? Right. I'm working these hard hours only for this season right? so I can make sure I provide and I'm planting seeds. You know, I don't have that mule, so I got to do it by hand, but I got to plant these seeds, right? you know, or is it I'm planting the seeds because that's what you're supposed to do. Right. Yeah. I have one challenge too, because coming out of education, I saw this a lot and how, uh, parents will have their kids involved in a whole lot of extracurricular activities. Right. And I wonder if the why behind them have, is it, is it because you just want to keep them active long enough to where you don't have to really do the godly thing and parent and teach them? Or are you relying on these things to help develop the gifts that you feel like God has given them. But if they never have downtime to be bored at home, to, to evoke the creativity that God has given them, is that really a godly thing? Now it's good, right? To have them involved in year round activities and after school, but isn't that taking a load off you as a parent? Right for you to be teaching them instead of relying on all these adults that you're paying, that you have a transactional relationship with to pour into your kids. Right. Right. Just saying. Yep. And it's, we've created this false sense of busy. Yes. Nowadays. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm so busy. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. But 
what's the reason why? Why are you? Yeah, it's yeah. your choice. Yeah, what are you what are you running away from? And vulnerable moment, I I had to catch myself because I was doing it. I was I was being busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, a lot of times we carry the busyness in our even if we don't have a ton of activities, we carry the busyness in our pockets. Yeah, we put it up to our ears. We we use two thumbs or an index finger for my swipers. Mm-hmm. Your, your cell phone. Mm-hmm. You you're busy on it as right. opposed to with your your friends, your family, right? You know, interacting. So um, make sure you you look in the mirror and take an honest honest assessment to say is this a good thing or is it a godly thing? Right. All right. Good things versus godly things in the area of our community when we're looking at us as uh um, as men and as, as our involvement in the community what are some i mean that's mostly plagued by good things right being involved in community mentorship uh you know service volunteerism those are all good things that that make a difference but when you talk about what kind of activities will add to someone on having hope and in this life and the life which is to come, it's a different picture. Yeah, <laughs> it's a different picture. It's cool to volunteer for Habitat for Humanity after the house is finished, or even the work that you do, even if it's before it's completed. Are you praying over this house and the family that will walk into this house? You know, right? Are you praying that this house will be the gateway of them to know, you know, Jesus? And and truly, you know, it may sound like I'm being over spiritual, like, oh, Lazarus, everything doesn't have to be about Jesus. But uh, there will come a time and it's on its way that it will be about Jesus. Yeah. That every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And my goal is because I do care for people and, and, and God that people will be it will be more people on on his side than the other side right and uh we will be covering a, a verse about why i this really struck me about this seriousness of this this role of uh the this life in the life which is to come but um it yes it kind of is all about going back to jesus right and let we even though we're doing this comparison let's not discount good things and no, we're we're right. definitely not doing that no. you know do good things but let's let's let them lead into right godly, godly things. things yes um so one thing that comes to mind we always hear it love thy neighbor is uh thy love thine self mm-hmm. you know sometimes godly things come in in small small gestures mm-hmm. in the community. Um, how many people know their neighbor? I know we talked about this before, but if you see your neighbor is sick or they hadn't been home, the mail's piling up or something like that, you go over and you just gather their mail, put it in a in a separate bag until you see them again. It's like, hey, I noticed your mail was piling up. I didn't want your house to be a target. Here, mm-hmm. here's your mail. I didn't go through it. You know that small gesture. Mm-hmm. Um, I cut your grass, um, and you have to be very careful about cutting people grass because <laughs> you know men are very particular. Hey man, about their lawns. Yep, I like mine cutting the X's. 
oh. intersecting patterns. Oh my God. We, <laughs> I know y'all can't see me, but I just I just drop hey, anybody that know the emoji of is. the hand face <laughs> thing. Yeah, that's what I just did. Um but you know, just doing something small and if you don't know what your neighbor likes his grass, don't cut it on the lowest setting, don't scalp his yard, you know, maybe cut it at a four or five. Um, but, you know, just helping out. Uh, example, I had not too long ago, maybe a couple of weeks ago, I um, I live in an apartment right now and my neighbor, we, we had neighbors move next door. Uh, young guy, his wife was uh, seven months pregnant. And, you know, they're moving in and I'm going to get pizza. It, we want to do pizza night. So I'm going to get pizza from, um, I want to say Domino's, right? Mm. They're not sponsoring us, but. Um, but we are open uh, to anyone who's affiliated with Domino's. Yeah. Okay. So I go, <laughs> uh, I walk out and um, I, I see him pass by and I say, oh, you still at it? He's like, yeah, it's just me. And automatically in my heart, I was like, I can't let him do this by itself. So I, I go pick up the pizza, come back. And I kind of, I didn't throw it into the house, but I set it on the table and told my wife, I'll be back. Mm-hmm. You know, I switched shoes. I had on flip flops. I switched to tennis shoes. And she was like, where are you going? I was like, I'm going to help the neighbor move in. And she was like, you got to do that right now. You don't want to eat with the family. So the good thing would have been eating with the family um, you know, eating with my daughter, but the golly thing was this man is moving an apartment mm-hmm. by himself, mm-hmm. a three bedroom apartment by himself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I go and I was, you know, I didn't just do it. I didn't want to, you know, be offensive. So I said, can I offer you some help? He, and he was kind of taken aback. He was like, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. So jump right in start moving stuff and at the end of it you know he tried to give me a little something i wouldn't take it right and he put it in my hand i put it on the counter no this is not what this is about if y'all need anything Mm. i'm next door right primarily i work from home so at any time something go wrong you need somebody i'm next door Mm. at any time and you know a lot of times people say if you need something you need something let yeah. me know in hopes that you don't ever need that. Yeah, if you need, but yeah. You know, but just that small thing, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know what that could have done, but I did it. I didn't do it from a place of, look what I did. Mm-hmm. I did it from a place of he needed help. That's what, you know, right. back to what would Jesus do? Right. Yeah, yeah. it's just like the, the you know, the parable of... Uh, the Samaritan uh, man um, and the guy being beat up because he was robbed and he was, you know, basically left for dead in a ditch and different people passed him by. But the good Samaritan person actually, you know, went the extra mile, paid for his lodging, made right. sure he was healthy. And a lot of a lot of times we sometimes us as Christians, we kind of get from this pedestal where, oh, they need our help. Right. Oh, he needs my help or she needs my help. And and true, sometimes just like you saw the guy it's like, OK, he's moving a dresser by himself. He need help. But you asked if he needed help. So you saw the need 
and where you could help, but he had to first accept it. Right. And I think that's kind of sometimes what can, uh, you talked about rituals. Um, we can become ritualistic in our, our helping people uh, by assuming that people need our help and doing something without asking, right? doing something without consulting with God about, yo, I mean, yeah, not, you don't have to pray. Like, do you want me to help this old lady cross the street, Lord? Like, absolutely. You know, that's right. a good thing. Go, I mean, that's a God thing. Go, go help. It's a good thing and a God thing. Right. Right. That could lead, it's a good thing that could lead to a God thing. That's what I wanted to say. But, um, but yeah, I, I don't think we need to get in that, in the habit of assuming a lot of times that people need our help. But I think when we do see that need, being able to just go and ask, Hey, would you like for me to? Right. Um, and if they say yes, boom, do it. But also hopefully you're willing to take it to the next level to a godly thing as well. And use this as an opportunity to, you know, yes, we don't always have to present. Well, I guess you have to be willing to be led to present the gospel, you know, to people. Right. If God puts that on your heart, then you got to be willing to. Yeah. Don't don't take it upon yourself. Um, My wife has an aunt and an uncle that every time you see them, they try to give you (laughs) religious material. Right. You know, from their religion. And for me, that pushes me away from religion, Mm -hmm. not not my relationship. So I go back to the book, the shack, Mm -hmm. you know, we talked about ritual Mm -hmm. in these checklists, but we've gotten so ritualistic. Mm -hmm. And if that's not a word, it's one. It's a word. Yeah. We've become so ritual, ritualistic that we've lost the relationship for sure, man. 100. So we're, um, ritual over relationship and that's dangerous. Yeah. That's very dangerous. Yeah. That's how we get a ton of good things. Right. None of them are godly things. Yeah. And see, here, here's the t- here's the test. When you die, what what's going to be left of your good things? You know, will your work will the work continue? Right. The only work that continues after we leave this earth is the work that God started in the beginning. Right. And so, really, that's why it's important to do that to do God work. And not just focus on good works because, you know, it, God works continues. I, I, that's that's that is the work that will continue into eternity. Right, right. So yeah, for the for the community, let's let's reach out. Let's find out who our neighbors are. Not only volunteer, but get to know people. Share your your testimony. Share your story. You know, let people know. Um, I think the most dangerous thing especially in the community is not letting people know what you're going through because Mm -hmm. your neighbor may be going through it as well. Mm -hmm. And because we're so in the mindset, that's our business, our business stay at home, you Mm -hmm. know, and that of course to a certain, yeah, to a certain extent. But you know, if you let people know, Hey man, I had a rough week. I had to, I had to pray real hard about this week. Somebody else could. And, right. you know, now you're building that community. Right. And not only is that a good thing, but that's a, a godly thing where people can come over and pray or you can help a family in need. That's you don't know what they're going through. Right. But just that that right. presence could could turn things around. And we talk about being vulnerable. Right. Yes. Right. And this happens all the time. Hey, man, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm good. 
yo, like if you're not, then be because you know you ask me, I'm gonna give you a real answer because because yeah. <laughs> I believe in that, right? And then how many people have I had a extended long conversation just because I I was willing to be vulnerable and right. say, nah, dude, it's it's kind of whack over here, yeah. And oh man, I feel I was just there last week, da da da. And now you, you got something to build on. Right, right. Or um, thinking back to another moment, I'm in a farmer's market. And mm-hmm. this woman in front of me, the cashier, is kind of getting flustered with her. Mm-hmm. And I can see it. This is a, a young young lady, mm-hmm. uh, the cashier. But this older woman, she's going through and she's having to put stuff back and, you know, counting pennies or whatever. Mm-hmm. So she comes up short even after putting stuff back. So um, she's short under a dollar. Mm-hmm. So I, I had a dollar. I gave it to her. Mm-hmm. And whatever she put back, I added to my order and gave it to her. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't I was trying to brag or boast, but to see the young lady's mood just change mm-hmm. in in that moment. You know, not only did I I hopefully bless this lady mm-hmm. that you know she she had to make a decision between uh right. a 69 cent squash wow. or not right, you know right. but being able to to do that not only blessing her but again the indirect impact i had on the cashier mm-hmm. like she was rolling her eyes at this lady and all that and after I did that, like she had this different glow about her, mm-hmm. you know, so that's that's one of those good things that turn into godly things. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't, you know, had no sermon or no prayer session with the yeah. young lady or the, the lady, the older lady. But just those moments yeah. give people yeah. hope. Your actions is your sermon. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Let your let your light shine. Yes, sir. Which leads us to how we can apply this into the marketplace. Yeah, yeah. So, man, great conversation, man, that I'm having uh, with my boy. And, and and I hope you guys are really gleaning uh, some jewels here uh, when you're talking about the difference between good things and God things. And uh, the difference is good things give a promise to this life. God things give promise to this life and that which is to come. Yes. And uh, that's out of First uh, Timothy chapter four, verse eight. And uh, we want to transition into that in the marketplace. And, um, you know, it, it's really crazy. I, I guess I can start off with how not to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how not to. So, er, you know, early on, you know, when I really caught fire, for Jesus Christ, man, and you know, sharing the gospel. I was listening to Little Cray, early Lecrae, you know, unashamed. I was unashamed, boy. I wanted to show and prove that I was unashamed. And so, you know, I was, you know, sharing the Lord, you know, sharing about my faith in the marketplace and things like that. But what I didn't realize is that, you know, in the context of working in your job, you have to earn the right to share the gospel. And when I say you have to earn the right, that means that you have to be ex- doing an exceptional job and adding value to your company right. first. You cannot share the gospel if you have not earned the respect of your peers in the context of the marketplace yet. And so, um, so if you guys are, are were contemplating that or, or 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 doing that, and you are not excelling at your job, then you might want to just focus on first things first. Because first of all. 
uh, the God thing is that we are to work for man, uh, work for man as we're working for the Lord. Right. Which means that if the Lord was our boss and he was the one calling shots, how would we respond? How would we work? How much more we would pay attention to the details because we know that he's the one that blesses us with our inheritance or our promotion or whatever. And uh, I wasn't doing that. I was showing up a little late every now and again, mm-hmm. just a little late. Okay. And, uh, you know, take some breaks, you know. Uh, Unauthorized breaks. Un- yeah, yeah, on the clock breaks. <laughs> and um, and and I wasn't I wasn't really pushing to be my, my best person in that position. And so uh, I really had to learn that, man, you have this job, you have to work unto the Lord, and you have to excel and earn the respect of your peers before they can start to say, like, so why would you do that with that person? Well, the reason why I did that is because, I, you know, I believe in just going an extra mile when somebody needs help. So that's why I did it. Well, why is that? Because it's, it's just my belief, my personal beliefs, and, and, and you know, da-da-da. And then you can share that. But like we said before in the previous segment, you don't even have to do a sermon. You don't have right. to do an extension of the gospel. Let your actions be your sermon. Right, exactly. So order, we've talked about order. Order is important. Yeah. Man. You show up to work shouting the gospel without doing work, that's counterproductive. <laughs> yeah. It is. Blasphemous. Ooh. <laughs> it, 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 it really is because, you know, uh, somebody who's on the fence or non-believing be like, why should I follow? Yeah. Because you're not a good example. Right. Um, an, uh, another example, I'm going I'm to go ahead and pull it out. Mm-hmm. You know, we were supposed to record one um, Saturday. Mm-hmm. And the good thing would have been to record. Go ahead and record because the people need this movement. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the the brother across from me on, on the other mic needed something else. Mm-hmm. You know, it it was um it was a, a moment I was looking, I was like, I can't do this without saying my piece. Right. And it it wasn't a from a place of um judgment or trying to hurt, but on a decision you were making yeah, I was teeter totter and I was like, Yo, man, what like this is what's happening, this is how I'm feeling about this, that what happened. And this is what I'm trying to do as a result. Yep. And it was a lot of eyes. And I said, did you pray about it? Man, it got and so it was, quiet it was, over it there. Was silent. It was silent. <laughs> I, I had to close my mouth. It was open for a second. Yeah, it, it got so quiet over there. But <laughs> the the again, the good thing would have been to record. But the godly thing to me was to ask that question. Right. Because I saw a lot of movement. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he's he's doing a lot of, of moving, mm-hmm. but I don't think he did. Right. And the thing the was, order. and your question was, did you pray about it? And of course, I prayed about it. But the issue was, did I sit long enough to, to, to receive what God was was telling me? Right. And I believe wholeheartedly that's the difference between doing good things and then godly things. Right. Godly things don't have, just happen just you know, on our timeline, God operates outside of time and space. And so a lot of times we feel like what we're, what we're, you know, Jesus waited, what, four days before he went to, to go raise Lazarus from the dead. You know, everybody else is like, don't let him die. 
oh, he dead, so that's it. Right. You know, but he has the power to do things that are beyond what we can even think or imagine or create. And what I didn't learn in that situation and what you challenged me with was did you sit long enough outside of how you felt? Right. Outside of, and and I had a right to feel the way I felt, but did I sit long enough to, to think about what, or to receive what God wanted me to do? And man, if you want to switch from doing a whole lot of good stuff, and most of the time the stuff that we're doing is not even good. Right. It, it, it's just stuff. It's busy work. It's just busy work. Just to, and, and with wrong with wrong motives, if we're honest with ourselves, right. with, with ungodly motives, and we sit long enough in quiet and get off our phones and sit still and let our kids be bored at the house and sit long enough with the intention of listening to what God wants to do in us and through us, it will be a different. That's when we get underneath that peace. Yep. That's when we get in underneath sound mind. That's when we'll be able to sleep at night. You know, um, and so many of us are busy doing good things in the marketplace, in the community, for our families, that we're we're totally missing this God thing. Yeah. Um, you know, you hear so many companies that do these drives and and they do matches, right? Mm-hmm. So whatever X company raise, Y company will match it or whatever uh one organization or one community does the corporation will match it mm-hmm. you know that's a good thing but the godly thing would be i'm a double or i'm a triple regardless of what you do mm-hmm. i'm a give because mm-hmm. i have it to give to right. to fill a need or i'm going to sponsor this research to mm-hmm. figure out this problem so a lot of times in the marketplace we're doing quote unquote good things for good PR. Mm-hmm. Um, right. As a social being socially responsible. But are you really like the corporate match thing never made sense to me because you're expecting you're only going to match my effort yeah. when we're two different we're two different sizes. Mm-hmm. I'm one person right. versus a company, one company with many people. Yeah. Person versus people. Mm. Like that you that effort doesn't make sense. So um that was always, you know, kind of weird to me mm. when when in the marketplace companies do that. So that's mm. a yeah, it's a, a good thing, but mm. is it a godly thing? So yeah. Um, for all my entrepreneurs out there, give. Yeah, and give with the hope that it's going to make a difference. And like I said, for this life and that, which has come like I love Chick- the Chick Fil A Foundation and how they have Win Shape. Win Shape. I mean, it's they have marriage retreats, they have you know summer camps, and for the kids, and they are looking to truly not only give these kids hope for this life or the the marriages for this life, but the life which is to come. Right. And um, I, I love that about them, I, and I appreciate that. Uh, I know a few people that are involved in Chick-fil-A, but um, it makes a difference, man. And I, and I believe God is honoring them as a company because they're honoring him in their values and their mission. And uh, I, I know it's not the easy thing to do. 
Uh, there are a lot of good restaurants out there that are not doing what Chick-fil-A is doing. Right. But Chick-fil-A decided that we we want to be God. We want to treat people with respect. This is our way of loving our neighbor. And so we're going to just say, thank you. Have a nice day. It's our pleasure to right. serve you. You know, it's all about service and respect. And those are all godly principles that make a difference. And it's making a difference in people's pockets, too, because, yeah. uh, man, and, and, the, and the product, the product is excellent. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't get off on a yeah, tangent. You, you had a but, um, hankering for a, a sandwich. Over yeah, there. yeah. I'm about to, like, we got Chick-fil-A right around the corner. Lazarus Torrance, man, why? Good thing versus God thing. Why? I tell you what lit a fire underneath me. Um, I and and I, I did this in my first sermon, and this this hit me, and and I it really floored me as to why um, we should pursue godly things over good things, or godly things in addition to good things, or good things leading to godly things. There we go. It's gonna come together eventually. Hey, you. Hey, I'm Keep talking you, through it. Letting you work through it. So, um, in Luke chapter 16, verse 19, there's a story about uh, the rich man and Lazarus. And not many people, if you ain't really in your Bible, you probably hadn't come across this. So you can check it for yourself. Luke chapter 16, verse 19, in all translations. It's not just the, the new interpretation. It's all translations. So there was a rich man uh, who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. Every okay, day. every day. Okay, not a day went by that my man wasn't balling, okay? At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. So Lazarus sitting outside his gate just salivating, you know, knowing that he in there just feasting and, and I'm out here starving. And and it was so bad that even the dogs came and licked his sores. So even the dogs had sympathy and pity for Lazarus. Lazarus. But the rich man... He was bawling. He, he, was, he was too high. He didn't right. see him. So then there came a time when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. Check this. The rich man also died and he was buried. Mm. Okay. So Lazarus died and the angels came and carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man was just buried. buried. He's buried. So in Hades, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us, you and a great chasm has been set in place so that those who want to come from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. Here are a couple of things I want to point out about this. One, he was in torment in hell. Why? Because he can see heaven mm. from hell. But there's no way possible that he can get. Second, he remembers his life here on earth and being able to see someone that he knew on earth that he didn't do godly works with, which is uh, 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 um, serve the poor. Mm -hmm. He didn't do that. 
now he's looking at that person for eternity able to see the fact that i i had an opportunity to do good by this person and i even do good let alone godly right and now look at where i am for eternity you are aware of all the opportunities that you had to accept god to accept jesus to follow his way and mm. there's no comebacks samuel is hot he getting burnt Yep. For eternity, you feel it, and he, it was so bad that he just just give me a, just a little drop of water on yep. my tongue. Yep, just a drop. So why why am I on fire about this thing right now? No pun intended. Uh, I think you did mean. Yeah, it was kind of it was kind of clever, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it, it it's serious, man. Um, there are a lot of people who desperately need hope, not only in this life. Not only is it good to provide education and, and th- those things make a difference. They have value. But what has eternal value is whether someone has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. We should be walking billboards of that, of the of the numerous possibilities of what it looks like to follow Jesus. And we should be putting that on blast by letting our light shine in the marketplace, in the community in our families, in our relationships. And when we don't, we actually just forsake this gift that we have and, and, and take it for granted. And I myself am guilty of that at times. So our challenge to you right now is if you do not have a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, listen, it is not complicated. Roman 10 said those who... Uh, Uh, believe in their hearts and confess with their mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord, they will be saved. Yep. All you have to do is believe that Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and savior. I invite you into my life. Take the will. Amen. You are saved. Yep. So if you prayed that prayer, awesome, man, praise God. The angels in heaven are, uh, are rejoicing for you. And so are we over here at movement. Um, because our goal is, we don't want movement to be a good thing. We want movement to be a God thing. Yes, sir. All right, man. I, I'm stepping down from from behind my pulpit now. Yeah, but you, you, uh, okay. you. I, I went there. I, didn't I, I was just waiting on a ha. No, I'm far from that. <laughs> but yeah, man, you you can close out, man. I'm okay. finished. Okay, well, there it is. Ain't ain't nothing else to say. But um, hey, do do good things with the intent of them becoming godly things fellas um if you if you don't know ask somebody seek counsel um do deep dives i think this is one thing that people don't do they don't Mm. reflect we're so busy that we don't reflect is this really good was my intention really good be honest with yourself Mm -hmm. um in all aspects family community marketplace am i doing this for me or Mm -hmm. am i doing it for my father right you know so once we get all that squared away ain't nothing but godly to to come um be honest when people Mm -hmm. ask you how you doing mm, yeah i tell people oh i'm good or uh, i'm making it yeah Uh, yeah uh, Uh, i don't know it's, it's rough. It's rough, <laughs> you know, but be honest. Start having those communication um, because why are you lying? You know, you lying to yourself and you lying to other people. You don't know who you could help. 
because you let people know there's other people out here going through this as well. Mm -hmm. And once y'all start connecting, he said when two or more. I gather in my name. I am there. On the same accord. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'll be a God in the midst. Mm Mm-hmm. See, yeah. I, I don't usually do that, but come you know, on, I know a little scripts too hey, now, come you know. On, brother. You, so I'm challenging you to know a lot. Shoot. Come on now. All right now. Shoot. <laughs> but you know, that that's something important, this good thing versus God thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so if we start being honest and and building this community and, and making the church not a physical building, but you know, a community of people. That moves. That move. Mm-hmm. That aren't stagnant. Mm-hmm. That go out. Mm-hmm. That help. Yep. That man. We'll we'll be doing some amazing things. Yep. So Yep. Let's do it together, fellas. Yes, sir. So usually he do it, but I'm I'm gonna take over since he he, he done he done got his sip of water yeah. sat down after his sermon. Mm-hmm. This is the Man Up Movement Podcast. I'm your co host Torrance R. Simmons. And I am Lazarus Bruner Jr. And this is movement. We out. We out.